Every single offseason move from the Phoenix Suns has led back to one man, Matt Ishbia, the new owner of the team. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, what does it mean for the Suns to be in the Matt Ishbia era? Talk about it. Break it down. Commiserate, vent, whatever it might be. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks for making Locked On Suns your first listen to start out your Thursday. Become a Locked On everydayer by hitting follow or subscribe wherever you're finding the show, including YouTube. We're free. We're here for you every day. All you have to do is hit follow or subscribe to get locked on to your favorite team, get the news analysis coverage that you need to be locked on to your favorite team all through the offseason, all through next season, for the rest of time, as long as this show exists. Aaron Edwards is joining, as he does every single week, to talk Suns with us. We're going to talk Matt Ishbia through the whole show today. He gave an interview to um, Burns and Gambo after the Vogel press conference yesterday. He's been very vocal, very present, very in our faces, and we just want to kind of touch base, level set on where exactly things stand in this new era of ownership that I think we're all still getting our, our minds around. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA, and when you enter the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with each and every order. We'll talk about them later in the show, um, Aaron, what were your thoughts on the press conference first and foremost? Because part of what Ishbia has since said is um, he ended up meeting with five different candidates, and honestly, Fl- Frank was the clear-cut, obvious choice. What did you make of, of, of how he kind of presented himself in that first interaction that he had with fans yesterday? I think with the way that they put the coaching staff together, I actually believe him. <laughs> like he knew that if he got Vogel, then the only other key piece was possibly keeping Kevin Young. The Fisdale thing was kind of random, but yeah, you kind of want experienced coaches with a squad like this, especially if it's not going to maybe look like this in the future. So yeah, like I think that Vogel with a team like this that you're building and you have your two stars in place already, we already know what Vogel can do with two stars and just being able to build from there. So, yeah, I can see him being pretty honest about that part. It's He seems like he just wants to be part of just the entire process, so I get it. Do you think that there's any, or like, does it worry you or does it matter to you that it seems like I don't know where James Jones fell on this, but it definitely seemed like the player side wanted Kevin Young. Obviously, he's still going to be around, so maybe doesn't matter so much, but that he seems like he kind of took over the, the, the final decision there. It's like, all right, well, we like Vogel. We like Kevin Young. Can we get them both? I'm willing to spend. Because I think you could look at that as good, that he just sort of made it all happen and, and spent the money, or... I think Suns fans, maybe based on our, uh, our PTSD from past guys, we just hear ownership getting involved in it. It just makes us like recoil a little bit. Where do you, which side of that do you fall on? 
I think it's the other end of the spectrum for involved owners. Like the one that we had before was involved, but was kind of acted like a broke boy too. So like, yeah, if you have an owner that's involved and cheap at the same time, then I think that's bad. If you have a dude that in like all intents and purposes knows ball and he's willing to spend the money. Like here's a weird anecdote. My friend Isley, um, I went sp- uh, swimming at his house on Saturday or Sunday. And he said he went to Michigan State and he said like he was a walk on at the same time as Matt Ishbia. And he like Ishbia got the final spot like right over him. He was right below him. And everybody that was on that team, Ishbia gave jobs to when they got older and he signed them to his company and all that. And he said he thinks about it all the time because I guess Ishbia was a good dude. He just loved the team atmosphere and anything to like just stay in a team oriented thing. You've seen the thing on his like his office and how they like did work down there. He loves team stuff. So we kind of had to assume that when he finally got a team, which is kind of surprising, it took him this long to get one because it seemed like he wanted one for a long time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was going to be involved because he really likes being part of a team atmosphere. I think that's exactly right. I mean, I, I kind of talked about it a little bit um, after the Fisdale thing, and I was just doing a little bit on how the Suns are sort of in this spot where they're a pretty modern, like a pretty ideal modern NBA franchise, at least like right now. I mean, you don't know what will happen with Durant. You don't know. Maybe they screw up this summer and even like a month from now, I feel different. But two superstar players, a head coach who's executed a championship squad and and got superstar players over the finish line before, a kind of like a, a president of basketball operations guy who tends to seem seems to be more of like a relationship and like I'm going to empower my employees type rather than like I'm going to, you know, find all these salary cap mechanisms and whatnot. And I think most of the best teams have a guy at the very top like that. And then an owner who is at least involved and willing to spend. Now, not every not every like typical great NBA team has that, but I think it can work. And I, I, I was saying the same exact thing as you. Um, maybe not having the, the, the pool buddy anecdote, which I appreciate, but having at least (laughs) having at least the appreciation for a dude who like, I mean, yeah, I'm not here to like champion businessmen and uh, always trust that anybody who makes money in business is some sort of, you know, genius or like great guy. But I do think somebody who at the very least took a family business into something that like profitable sold it and then was immediately like, all right, I'm going to use my money for basketball. (laughs) Like that's, that at least shows commitment. You know what I mean? Like that at least shows that, like you're saying, he, the minute he had the money, he kind of seemed to know what he wanted to do. So the idea that you're going to have a guy like that, who's just like, oh yeah, you guys do whatever. I'm just here. Like that was never really going to happen. So I just think we kind of have to embrace or like make peace with the fact that he's going to be a decision maker in everything that happens. Sometimes it'll be good. Sometimes it'll be bad, but that's just kind of like anybody else. I mean, James Jones has L's on his resume. It's not like giving it to the basketball people, so to speak, is like always perfect either. Yeah. It seems like it was, I think James Jones knows what he's getting into now, but I think it was kind of just the, an owner being like, you have my checkbook. I'm willing to do whatever. Like you can tell Ishbia kind of wanted to win immediately when he got this team. He didn't buy this team to just kind of 
be a middling franchise and kind of just nobody speaking about us. Like you could tell he wanted us to just kind of be up there. So I think he went to James Jones and was like, this is going to look different. Here's the money. You can spend it how you want, but I am going to say some stuff. And I think that's a fair trade when you get to build a team and you have an owner that's opening his checkbook to give you whatever you want, but every once in a while, he's going to be annoying sometimes. Yeah. You kind of maybe want to do that. Because before he had an annoying owner who wasn't giving dudes money. And I got to say, being a GM, it's probably a lot easier the other way. Sure, of course. Yeah, I mean, budget-wise, it's like, hey, I'm going to be involved, but you have a blank check to do what you want versus I'm going to be involved, but you don't get to spend any money. Like, that's that's very different. <laughs> um, I think Jones, one of the things that he's that I think made him uh, successful when he got in here the first originally is connecting with Sarver. Like I think being able to sell Sarver on certain things like spending money on an assistant coaching staff and even some of the trades that like back then we thought that James Jones like lost, you know, he got rid of D'Anthony Melton for nothing. That guy's a role player now on a championship team. You know what I mean? But even some of that stuff, it was like, hey, you're going to need to spend a little for us to get where we're going. And he was able to sell Sarver on that, despite being, as you called him, a broke boy, which I would agree with. Um, <laughs> it it worked, right? Like James Jones was able to get through to him. So I think he can do the same. We'll come back to uh, some of these things in a second. But the one part that I could see become that I, I don't even want to say becoming an issue, but that I could see if I'm James Jones or if I'm Frank Vogel, that I could see being a little bit of a hard thing to deal with about a a personality like Ishbia is the fact that he came out and gave an interview and just sort of gave his opinion and it's fine, but gave his opinion to, you know, the local radio station that counteracted some of what Vogel said in his press conference. And like that part is hard. So we'll talk about that next with it when it comes to Aiton, when it comes to some other things. Uh, First today's show guys brought to you by eBay motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player, and in this case, as we're talking about today, owner, is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, so let's just pick back up on the the interview stuff that Ishbia did. I don't believe he was at the introductory press conference, um... I didn't see him before, during, or after. Um, not that I think there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but he gives this interview to Burns and Gambo right after Aaron where he's talking about the Aiton side of things. We talked about what he said about Vogel. That aligned. I mean, James Jones kind of said the same thing. He was our you know, clear-cut choice. We were really impressed. Obviously, you're going to say all that stuff about the guy who you just hired. But with Aiton, Vogel's talking him up, and then Ishbia comes out and basically says, like, eh, we'll see. Like, I'm not really too sure what's going to happen there. I, I let James do his work, but we haven't really gone through all of that. We haven't really started to think about it. It'll kind of be TBD. Um, we were joking before we hit record that you have a little bit of experience with this from the, the Colts side of things. And I think it is a little more prevalent in the NFL just because I think 
it's a lot bigger of like a, a a bragging rights type of contest or like you know pride thing for 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 NFL owners just because that sport is so much bigger. But maybe the NBA is headed there. Um, just the idea of these these owners coming out and just saying like, yeah, I know you just heard that from so and so, but uh, here's what I think, and I actually make the final decisions. Like that seems like it could get old if I'm James Jones or if I'm Frank Vogel. Yeah, I think this is probably the negative part of having a owner that's a former Hooper. Like, I think he has, he's speaking with Hooper brand. Like, he's being like how me and my friends kind of talk about Aiden. And I don't think you always want that as an owner. Like, Sarver, like, he was just a jerk and he did it as a jerk. I think that even if it's like in a good way or like a fine way, I think HBS still is attacking this in sort of a basketball player way (laughs) and you can't always have that no i don't think it's i don't think it's ideal i mean yeah it's and maybe like i guess when you put it that way it makes me wonder if it is just something that will wear off over time of he still probably sees himself kind of as a fan you know like and i think some of the some of some some of these guys that never really wears off but like Jerry Jones just sees himself as like the king of the Cowboys. So I, even though he talks a lot, you kind of know that what he's saying is what goes. I don't know if we can say that for sure with Ishbia yet. It seems like obviously he's going to have the final call, which makes sense. But I don't necessarily feel like it's too early to say that he's like superseding Jones in some way that's a problem yet he might just like you're saying be kind of getting ahead of himself with what he's saying because he just likes to talk about this stuff because he's new to it yeah I think like he's just a basketball player and sometimes like if you love basketball enough and you happen to be a billionaire that owns a basketball team if a dude's not getting a rebound you're gonna be kind of off him a little bit like if a dude's like kind of checking out in games after you've also been part of a national championship team I think just some like as an owner, this might happen a couple of times where he sees players doing stuff and his Hooper brain is going to turn on and he's going to say some stuff every once in a while. Yeah, let's not forget that the matchup that Aiton was facing in the series that the Suns lost <laughs> in the playoffs, this owner we're talking about had to play mind games with Aiton's matchup because Aiton wasn't doing a good enough job of it. Ishpia <laughs> took it into his own hands to try to get under... Jokic's skin because he uh maybe didn't think Aiton had it in him so that's who we're talking about here yeah I can just see him like it's not in the and it's weird like we haven't had a owner in this league at least like yeah Jerry Jones played football in Arkansas and stuff so he probably thinks he knows a little bit more than he does which is kind of a problem when it comes to them sometimes even though he'll spend the money but I think just having a dude that knows basketball has been around it and has always wanted to be a part of it like he's gonna be weird about this sometimes he's gonna be one of us and you're not always gonna want that you're not always gonna want a dude to have and express those feelings that you're probably feeling sometimes you gotta kind of have some decor when you own a team but yeah every once in a while he's gonna be like yeah I don't know like it's eight and we know like we know the deal with them I'm not sure (laughs) I guess I'll say I prefer it to uh, like, you know, not to be like the, the type of media person who covers a team who complains about like, well, they didn't talk to me, but like, it's not even me trying to get inside of anybody or anything like that. It was just, um, 
very much a like paranoia with Sarver. And it wasn't just him. It was everybody. Nothing. Nobody was friendly. No one was trying to do interviews like this, even with Arizona sports. I'm not even trying to say, I wish I could have done interviews, but we all remember that era. Like it was just, everybody is paranoid. Everybody's like, the whole world is against us. Anytime Sarver would speak anytime. It just was so like, just was so negative and whatever. So it's like, I'll take this, even if maybe, uh, you know, some things get screwed up from an interpersonal standpoint as a result of it, as some of those other situations can show us, but we'll see how it, how yeah. it goes. Um, what I wanted to ask about Aiton to stick on him for a second, and then we can zoom out even more in the last segment is just, where do you think this leaves us with him? Because I, I didn't mention this, but Vogel also did a, a subsequent interview with, um, Wolf and Luke, I think, yesterday, too, where he doubled down on his support for Aiton that he expressed in the press conference with a bunch of different questions that he answered. So that's like him getting another opportunity to maybe hedge a little bit, and he still didn't do it. So I think Vogel really thinks he can work with Aiton and, and seems to want him, and Ishby is kind of throwing cold water on that. So what do you think this all means? Is, is he going to be here next season? Is it just sort of we'll see what the trade market looks like? What do you think? I think he's going to be here. Like we said this in text. We said this on the show, like weeks ago, a coach is going to see the size, the arms, the athleticism, just the overall physique and all that. And they're going to be like, I can fix this dude. Like I'm the person that can do it. And we knew it was going to happen. And regardless of who got hired, I think the second you see Aiden and you see some of the stuff he can do when he wants to do it, then yeah, yeah you're going to talk yourself into it. And I'm not shocked at all that Vogel said this. I was sure that it was going to happen. I was, sure that he was going to come back because you see him and you think you can fix it it's just a thing that was going to happen and yeah Aiton's just he's he was always going to fool somebody and maybe they can't fix him so I probably can't say fool but I just knew this was going to happen and Vogel saying it like was not a shock to me for sure so we did talk about it before but it was hypothetical I don't think you and I definitely haven't even privately talked about now that it is Vogel. It wasn't a surprise to hear him say it. Okay. Do you think that's the right call? Do you feel like now that we know who the coach is and his history with guys like that, does that make you any more optimistic or does it change your mind? Cause I know generally speaking, you want him gone, but does it give you any more hope? Like, okay, well we've seen him do this before. So maybe it is worth it. Yeah, I mean, like, if anybody is going to turn a dude with, like, a questionable motor every once in a while and give him, like, something to play for, maybe it's Vogel. AD disappears. I mean, he still disappears every once in a while. He got Dwight Howard a championship. He got JaVale McGee a championship. Like, he got all these dudes. Rajon Rondo. Like, he got all these dudes that kind of check out sometimes, and he got them to come together for one stretch to win a ring. And I think Kyle Kuzma, like, he can do it if he like, like if he has people involved and in that really want to. And if anybody can do it, it's Vogel. He's got like dudes that were historically known for checking out every once in a while to play for a couple months and win a ring. So yeah, I think Vogel was always going to think that he can change Aiton because he's changed some of the worst people at this. I think I would still obviously explore the trade market. And I think that's what Ishby was getting at. You know, let's not get ahead of ourselves and just like shut the door on people making offers to us to try to move things around. You know, that would be 
it would be dumb to just be like, all right, we hired Vogel, so you know, no one call us, we're good. But I guess what Vogel getting hired did for me is it made the barrier or like the the baseline of trade that I would have to see if I'm the Suns to want to say yes, it maybe made that a little higher. Like if I thought, you know, Nick Nurse was going to be the coach who like honestly seems to not even like big men, then I would have been like, yeah, take <laughs> take the first good deal you can get, right? And like move on. But now that it's a guy who has more of a history, then I'm like, all right, you kind of probably want a pretty good offer if you're going to move on. You know what I mean? It, like the one yeah. that I did in the best case scenario offseason show I did, which was like Rozier, Cody Martin, and a first round pick. Like, I don't know if I would say yes to that now that I know it's Vogel. I was doing that show kind of assuming it would be Kevin Young. So that's where my mind's at. We'll see what the, we haven't really heard anything concrete in terms of such and such team is interested or any of that type of stuff, really. I mean, there's been some like shady, who knows who this person is that's tweeting this thing types of stuff, but nothing real. So we'll see. Um, but let's talk yeah. about, no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like Vogel likes his bigs to play and he's looking at one of the more athletic ones in the league. So he, yeah, this is just going to happen. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's Anthony Davis. I don't even think he's Roy Hibbert because he's not 7'2 or whatever, but like I would imagine Vogel has a plan and that, that might help, you know, we'll see. Um, all right, let's, let's zoom out again back to kind of the future here. I want to throw some James Jones stuff off of you that I've been thinking about and um, this is going to be the first off season and the first full season with Ishbia. It's already been a whirlwind, but we'll talk about kind of what this future might hold with a guy this involved and this committed running the show first today's show guys brought to you by bird dogs we all got a, a batch of bird dogs here at the lockdown podcast network to try them out and tell you guys how much we love them and i would not lie to you i really really have been impressed they have athletic stuff workout stuff and they have more like casual around the house or like you know quick day out types of things both are good both are very um loose and or not loose but breathable stretchable comfortable all the things that you really always want but especially in arizona i know you guys uh know what i'm talking about in terms of sweat and just feeling gross if the right thing isn't on especially during the day when the sun is out we're not we've gotten lucky with weather but we all know it's coming you want to have something that fits you well looks good but also gets you that comfort and support that you need Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA to try them for yourself. Enter the promo code LockedOnNBA again for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order as well. So try out their comfortable, stretchable workout gear or their casual at birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use that promo code LockedOnNBA to get a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take those bird dogs off, we promise. All right, let's close out the show, Aaron. Um, so is there anything you're hoping for, expecting, looking around at Mark Cuban or whoever you want to point to, if it's an NFL guy where you're like, this is what's coming. We know there's a G League team on the horizon. I know Suns fans are excited about that. That's not the most sexy, glamorous thing. If, if you actually ever went to a game in Prescott Valley, you can, you know, comment in the, you know, YouTube comments. I, I would be surprised if anyone did that. So, like, you know, uh, in theory, it's nice. We'll see what how much it matters. But what, what, would I, what would you tell me if I was like, we have a billionaire owner now who actually cares here in Phoenix. What do you expect? What do you want? 
Actually, I was thinking about the G League thing, uh, thing this morning because it's also Phoenix. Like, yes, we haven't had one in a while, but Phoenix can turn the most random thing into a party. And that's what, like, I can see kind of happening with the G League thing. Like, if you just hit a game and it can just be, like, the party of the league because Phoenix doesn't really take stuff like that serious. That's why we have, like, a golf tournament that's insane out here because we kind of just turned it into that. <laughs> And everybody was just like, all right, I guess this is just going to be that now. So, yeah, I can see a G League team and, like, the whole entire, like, G League, like, vibe being kind of a party because Phoenix kind of does that to some sporting events sometimes. But other than that, like, yeah, I don't really expect I, – I, you can tell Ishbia is going to attack this head on and try to make his, like, mark really early. So, yeah, I can see anything kind of happening when it comes to him. I do think it'll make a difference with the G League thing for it to actually be here. Because that's part of yeah. it, right? It was at some, like, tiny... I mean, it wasn't... It was actually a pretty solid arena for randomly in, you know, sitting in Prescott Valley. Um, but no one was going to drive up there from the Valley to go see a G League game, especially because most of the time that it, it mattered uh, when we were going through the rebuild here in Phoenix, nobody actually went to the G League. Because all the team, all the bad <laughs> players are like developing players. They actually just played for the NBA team. So like no one ever marquee uh, players ever actually went through that program. So I think that matters. Um, so yeah, maybe it, it also being in Phoenix would help it actually be a moneymaker, which might make you actually commit resources to it in a real way. I think the best teams use the G League. I'm not trying to minimize it. I guess I'm just minimizing how the Suns used it before. Um not going to lie, I would rather Matt Ishbia spend more money to bring an MLS team here, especially after the news today. <laughs> uh, you know, forget the G League. Let's just let's just get a, an opportunity to see Messi that's not going to L.A., but a uh, conversation for a different time. Matt, call me if you're listening. We can we can talk. I'll, I'll, I'll be your like marketing intern or something on that one. But um, yeah, I, I guess where I would look is some of the stuff like the TV deal. Um. Just ways where I feel like he's going to come in. And, like, a lot of these new owners do stuff like this. It's just, let me see how I can... Yeah, I, like, the word disrupt gets made fun of because tech guys like to use it for for stupid stuff like making AR ex, AI expand artwork. But, like, that, you know, that idea is probably what he's going to try to do. The TV deal is one thing. They're in a legal battle over it now. But, like, what can he do there? What can he do to, you know with with the mercury can he can he go get some some fines like uh like joe side did with the liberty for flying <laughs> charter to go to like a a wine tasting to celebrate a win and stuff like i just <laughs> kind of expect like random stuff like that to turn up where it's like oh he did this thing spent like an absurd amount of money on it and now like he's getting sued like i would i would say a couple of those might spring up before uh before he settles in in the next few years yeah, he very obviously wants to be known as the cool owner. So I can see him just randomly doing a bunch of stuff like that now. Like, he wants to be looked at as cool. Like, that's without question. So he's either going to be cool to the outside world or his team. And with the TV thing, I think that's huge because that's, like, a pretty much attacking one of the biggest things in sports. Like, the TV deals is pretty much part of the CBA and all that stuff. And him just been like, I want everybody in Phoenix to be able to watch these games. I want everybody to be able to see them is huge because that's kind of like one of the biggest problems in sports right now is not everybody can see their team. I, I, I don't want to go too far with it, but one of the things that was also cool to me about the TV deal is 
it kind of demonstrated, and maybe this is just people in the in the organization who already worked here who were able to kind of be in his ear about it, but it demonstrated an understanding of the the community here in a way, because it's like we have a weird setup where Phoenix is huge, and even people who we think yeah. of as living in Phoenix kind of live in a rural area but we consider them being part of, you know what I mean? And then also beyond yeah. Phoenix, the state itself, like, you know, it's just sporadic little towns and stuff aside from that. So that was smart and not just like a money play, but it was like a, Hey, this is a problem. Let me try to do something about it. All right. On the James Jones side though, um, last question or last thing we can hit on is I did a little bit on, and, and I credited Espo at PHNX because they had a little bit of a conversation about this the other day, too, uh, with David Fisdale coming down from the front office to be in the coaching staff and just some of the hires they've made in general. I know a lot of people talked about, oh, is he going to hire Sam Presti or Isaiah Thomas or somebody like that to, like, sit atop all of this? And I'm not ruling that out. Um, that would fit in a lot of what we're talking about uh, with the splashiness. But I also think there's a world where James Jones actually becomes the guy who sits atop this as the president and not the GM. And the investment goes to just building out a really big front office with more of the lower level people, like the middle management types of people. What do you think of that idea? Because I feel like that could be another way we see this go, where it's like James just kind of has the vision and the people skills and the management skills, but the day-to-day -day is run by whoever the next really smart cap guy is or scout is or whatever it might be that Ishbia is like, Oh, that'll really, you know, do the types of splashy stuff that I want. If we can go yeah. get the next such and such and, and just spend like 20 million on our front office, but James only makes five, but the rest of the, you know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that happening, especially because like, didn't we already have one of like the smaller front offices in the league when Sarver was here? So yeah, I think going from that to what we can potentially go to is the hard part is kind of done. James Jones built the team. Like he built us up from being a lottery squad. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to math this thing up now. Like it's going <laughs> to pretty much be all numbers to this point <laughs> and having a bigger office and having more numbers guys and James Jones just continuing the relationship stuff just seems easier because yeah, the hard part is done. You got stars, but now you got to math it. And James Jones probably doesn't want to do that this entire time. So yeah, you're probably going to need more dudes to do that for you. So I know HB has been big on, you know, the Mel Tucker thing. He got credit for some of the stadium renovations and, and different things very much in the sports world at MSU. I think his next donation, if, if, if I'm allowed to give him some financial advice, should be like a big one for the law school or the MBA program or something like that. And then just kind of, you know, slide a, a nonchalant there. note and say, Hey, like we got some internships. We have some entry level stuff. If anyone's interested, like, you know, got some scholarships created here for all of you. Not nice apartment waiting for you in Phoenix. If you're interested, like come be, come be our next uh, data savant out in Phoenix and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll reward you handsomely. But yeah, it's all the stuff that's hard to know, and that's kind of what's tough about it. But um, I actually think that's the position that Jones is suited for better than like what he was doing when he first got here, where it was really like 
make this trade, make this signing, get this draft pick, all that stuff, because that's where he's screwed up a little bit. But I think you can't really argue that he's brought good people in, seems to have a good idea of who he wants to be working with, and obviously his relationships around the league are like the number one thing he has. Yeah, and I think, I mean, he's cool with LeBron and all those people. I think the relationship part of the NBA is kind of what it comes down to. KD didn't go to the Warriors for money. He was cool with the players. Like, I think it kind of just comes down to the relationship part at the end of the day. And once you have the key pieces to your team, then it just becomes the business part. And yeah, like maybe he might like that part of it, but I think having a bigger, bigger office would just help with that part of it because that's pretty much what the Suns are going to be now is filling in the pieces and figuring out who's MLE contracts and vet minimums and all that. And I don't think James Jones wants to just grind that out for the next couple of years. No. And I mean, like not to be, too like blunt about it but that's kind of where he's made his mistakes right so it's like yeah i mean even whatever he wants to do i don't really care it's like hey james like we'll give you a nice raise you'll get to be in charge of everybody but let's maybe get you off the you know college basketball scouting schedule here and and you know just get get the most out of your mortgage here in phoenix and and see the family a little more and and you can just kind of you know correspond via phone with some of those people but yeah i mean i think suns fans need to start seeing this as much more of a clippers and heat maybe not the success i mean the clippers haven't had success but you know i'm not saying that they're going to follow in the path of the heat and just be in the finals every year but i just mean it in terms of like well-invested smart people doing their job that's what the suns are going to need to be shooting for rather than like can we nail this draft pick or, you know, can we get this veteran back in our, like it, that's over. It, it's going to be much more yeah. like these other, <laughs> these other groups. We'll see how it goes, but that's, that's where we're headed. All right. That'll wrap us up for the day. Hoping to get somebody on to close out the week to talk Frank Vogel X's and O's what he's good at, what he's bad at, what Suns fans can expect. So every dayers, you can look forward to that tomorrow. In the meantime, check out locked on NBA, get that show wherever you're getting this show. They'll keep you up to date on the finals, off-season stuff, and more. And I will catch you guys tomorrow.